We are asked almost every day what makes ed therapy different from tutoring. This is a hugely important topic for us, and so today we're digging into the differences between educational therapists and tutors, how ed therapy and tutoring can work in tandem, and how sometimes tutoring can work against the goals of ed therapy. This episode will be a great partner episode to next week's episode called A Day in the Life of an Ed Therapist, where we talk about what a typical ed therapy session looks like. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 07 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Rachel Cap, And I'm Stephanie Pitts. This is the second episode in our Ed Therapy series. Be sure to go back and listen to episode 06 called Dreaded Homework. Today, we're going to talk about the differences between Ed Therapy and tutoring. We get asked this question all the time, and so we're happy to be able to clarify this mystery for all of you. This question and the frequency by which we were asked it was actually a catalyst for starting this podcast. We know there is confusion about this, so we've broken this topic down into seven main points of comparison. The definition of ed therapy and the definition of tutoring, education of an ed therapist versus a tutor, the goals of ed therapy versus tutoring, how and why the relationship ends with an ed therapist versus with a tutor, how growth is measured differently by an ed therapist or a tutor, the helpfulness and helplessness of tutoring, and how to determine whether your child needs an ed therapist or they need a tutor. The first main point of comparison between ed therapy and tutoring is the definition. So for ed therapy, this is about strategies. It's about building a toolbox on how you approach learning and the classroom environment. Ed therapy is much broader than tutoring. An ed therapist is a case manager for the team, which includes anything from the child, parent, teachers, tutors, psychiatrists, therapists, etc., and is interested in supporting the whole child. Ed therapy is a long-term play, and it isn't just for students with a learning disability, and this is a common misconception. Students come to us for things such as test anxiety, or some students just come to us to learn how to be a better and more efficient student. When it comes to tutoring, on the other hand, it's really about tactics. So ed therapy is about strategies and tutoring is about tactics. It's short term and it's about content and classroom curriculum. Tutors teach specific subject matters. Usually a tutor is not going to communicate with the teacher or be a case manager on behalf of the student or the family. Tutoring is a shorter term solution. So while an ed therapist is an expert on learning, a tutor should be an expert in their subject area. There's a caveat to this in that there's a slight overlap between ed therapy and tutoring in that sometimes an ed therapist has to cover content area in order to teach a strategy. Ed therapy does absolutely support classroom learning and content areas, 
but has a much wider and more global view on how strategies can get used over the long term. Steph, would you add anything? I would say remember that tutoring is very focused and ed therapy is very big, very global, like Rachel said. So just keep that in mind when you are trying to figure out what's best for your child. The second main point of comparison is the education of an ed therapist versus the education of a tutor. So an ed therapist is highly trained, usually with a master's degree in special education or learning. There are only a couple of master's degree programs in the country, and only a few offer certification in ed therapy. Both Steph and I met at the California State University Northridge program, which provided certification in ed therapy and master's degrees in ed therapy and special ed. Figuring out who is an ed therapist is difficult because anyone can call themselves an ed therapist. As a field, we don't have licensure the way that like speech and language pathologists or psychotherapists do. One way to tell the professional you're working with is an ed therapist is to check the Association of Ed Therapy website to see if they are listed as an ed therapist. The Association of Educational Therapists, or AET, has guidelines and course requirements that provide some oversight internally. Now, there are people who aren't members of AET, but who have still met the qualifications to be an ed therapist. Just ask whoever you're working with for more information if they are calling themselves an ed therapist. It can be really tricky, but generally, ed therapists are a member of AET and sanctioned to practice ed therapy by the association. On the other hand, for tutors, tutors don't have to have formal training. They could be people who are gifted in a content area or simply may have taken the class that your child needs help with. For example, an older high school student or a college student. Or they also might be teachers in your local area. The third point of comparison between an ed therapist and a tutor comes down to goals. So the goals of an ed therapist is to no longer need an ed therapist. That's the main goal. We want to have the goal of independence and autonomy in learning, school, and life for your student. On the other hand, the goal of tutoring is support in a subject area. The fourth point of comparison between ed therapy and tutoring is how the relationship ends between the professional and the student. So in ed therapy, like Steph always says, we're constantly working ourselves out of a job. Yeah. We terminate a relationship with a child when we see that the child is completing work independently and that the student not only knows the strategies, but is able to select which strategy to apply in a variety of different situations. This happens slowly, but eventually the student is seamlessly self-selecting how to approach a task and completing it successfully without any intervention. Both Steph and I, quote unquote, push kids out of ed therapy. Absolutely. The goal is to no longer need us. For tutoring, on the other hand, it ends when the student gets over a hump in the class or the end of the school year. The student is now understanding the concept or whatever it is that they were struggling with in that class. Tutoring can end for the summer 
But on the other hand, ET doesn't end just because the school year is over or because the student is on winter or spring break. And the reason for this is because we like to continue to work on the strategies when there isn't the pressure of school going on at the same time, and we don't want to lose momentum. And it's a great way to preview the following school year or what's coming up in the near future. The fifth point of comparison between educational therapy and tutoring is they're measured differently. In ed therapy, it's measured by psychoeducational goals that are achieved. Let me give you an example. A student who struggles in math, a goal for this student that Rachel or I might give is something like this. Sarah will benefit by increasing her ability to automate her math facts through songs, skip counting, and long-term rehearsal. We know that Sarah has achieved this goal once she's able to skip count her numbers and fluidly recall math facts on demand using her strategies. It's not just about grades, but a child's growth in an area of previous struggle. Their accomplishments go from being dependent on outside support to being able to tackle a similar task at a later date without the support. I always like to use the analogy of a bike. So when you first learn to ride a bike, you have training wheels. Once you learn how to ride that bike, you take the training wheels off. So we are aiming to get the kids or our students to ride two wheelers. The measurement for tutoring is truly just grades. The sixth point of comparison between ed therapy and tutoring is a discussion about helpfulness versus helplessness. So ed therapy and tutoring can actually work in tandem with each other, with the ed therapist being the case manager and kind of the leader of the team, and the tutor supporting learning by using the strategies that the ed therapist is providing to the student and also the tutor. This is when tutoring is really, really helpful. It's supporting the mission of independence and autonomy. It also depends on how far behind a student is, whether or not we'd make the recommendation for tutoring as well. We are very careful about tutoring because it can also become a way that students learn how to be a little helpless. And the goal of ed therapy is to be independent. So we don't want to teach them how to be helpless. So in tutoring, learned helplessness shows up in a variety of ways. It's basically the way a child learns to lean on someone else to do something for them because they don't want to do it or it feels hard. So at home, your child might say he or she doesn't know how to clean up after making a mess all over the kitchen. How often do you hear that? (laughs) In the case of the student that struggles in math, learned helplessness is when he or she waits for the tutor to come to start an assignment or goes back to school the next day with question marks on all the problems without even trying to do it on their own. Do you want to be paying for tutoring when your child is in college? We want to add that we're not anti-tutors. Definitely not. We're really not. But we want to shift the style of tutoring with our students in that it's not acceptable to wait to start an assignment for the tutor or for us, really. I get on my students that if they come to me to prepare for a test or a quiz and they've been with me for a while, my expectation is they're going to come with very, very specific questions or strategies that they want to learn. 
I don't want to waste time in a session going over what they actually know versus what they don't. Again, that's a student who's been with us long term, but that's a strategy that you can employ with your child's tutor and say, look, I don't want them doing all the homework with you. I really want them just focusing on areas of challenge that they have. And that's an expectation that you can set with your child and with your child's tutor. The seventh point of comparison between ed therapy and tutoring is how to determine what is right for you and your student. Overall, ed therapy covers academic, non-academic, and socio-emotional parts of learning. This includes things like organization, problem solving, attention, self-esteem, metacognition, self-advocacy, and motivation, along with addressing the emotions and behavior surrounding learning. Tutoring is really much more appropriate when your child doesn't understand a specific concept or subject area. Your child has strategies in place for how to find the answers, but still isn't quite able to put together the pieces on their own. Steph and I both frequently make the recommendation for tutors that we like to partner with. It's something that works in tandem with what we do. It absolutely does not run the whole gamut of what ed therapy offers. So Smarties, if you have a question about what is right for your child, if you are determining if ed therapy is right for your child or does your child just need a tutor, feel free to connect with us on Facebook in our Smarties of the Learn Smarter podcast group, or you can always book a strategy session on our website, www.learnsmarterpodcast.com. Be sure to listen next week when Steph and I do a deep dive into what a day in the life of an ed therapist looks like, where we talk about what we actually do in a session with a client. Have a great day, Smarties. Bye.